What it do, baby? We are back. This is episode two, and we are calling this the NBA Multiverse. I'm here with the boys again. I got co-host Cam. Got everybody else here with me. We got a few new people, but we got uh, four topics to get into today. We're going to start off with how our bets this week went. We got it tracked down, so we'll let you know who made money, who didn't. Second off, we got our playoff bracket first round. Third, we're going to go to the NBA what-ifs. You tell me, what if Tim Duncan joined up with T-Mac in 03? What if CP3 got traded to the Lakers back in 2012? All right, we'll figure that out. And lastly, what if D. Rose didn't get injured? That's a huge one. That's the question that no one knows. Probably would have been an MVP again and a championship. Last thing we're going to finish off with is the NFL top five rankings. But like I said, we're going to keep running this Benny. Man, it just keeps going. It just keeps hitting. I don't. We are back. Let's uh, start off with Cam, yo. So how did our bets go this week? You let us know. Well, everybody actually did really well. The only person is Martino, for some reason, thought that the Broncos could cover seven and a half against the Chiefs, and not that happened. did not go his way. Do you want to share what happened there? <laughs> uh, well, it's clear that I, I, I thought the Chiefs might get in a, in a tough divisional game up there in the snow with the Broncos. Uh, Drew Locke coming back, expected better from him. But the truth was, it wasn't even Mahomes that, that really beat him, which is a scary thing. It was the defense and the special teams. Yeah, they ran a kickback. Yeah, they kicked and back. they had a pick six. They had a pick six. Uh, all around, the Chiefs looked really good. The Broncos, they have some work together with that, that young core to do. All right, Cam. Um, you know what? Let me know. How did I do this week? Just to let these guys know. Jay went. The only – Jay hit everything with the Bucks money line, the Niners upsetting the Patriots. You called that one. Called it. And the Packers absolutely demolishing Houston. Yep. You did have the Titans beating the Steelers, but yep. – and the Steelers did pull that and one hey, out. hey, if you're the out only, there, if you're out there when the Titans came back, I know you were sweating too. That field goal, that field goal <clears> miss – by Goskowski is the only reason I didn't go four for four. Mm. Remember that. Interesting. Now, why don't you let me know what my picks were, Cam? This is Chad right here. Let's see what Chad had. Chad did finish with uh, 3-0. Oh. His teaser did hit, Okay. unfortunately. But the Bills, minus three. Obviously, they're playing the Jets. They're terrible. It was a little scary because they were down 10-0. Definitely a little scary. But they pulled that out. Chiefs, obviously, demolished the Broncos. We just talked about that. (sighs) My least favorite, the Seahawks. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Plus three and a half. Plus three and a half. Cam and I both needed the Seahawks to finish off the day positive, (laughs) at least for me. He probably still finished positive. But I went negative just because I had Seahawks minus three. And for them to be up 13 and get called two bullshit calls on fourth down to give them seven points each time, 14 right there, what a brutal loss. But that's sports betting, man. That's sports betting. Honestly, honestly, that bet's on me, though, because that was the last leg of my parlay, and I should have just hedged it way better anyways. But yeah. I was just really busy and didn't get done with that. But Hey, man, sometimes you just can't hedge. you got to ride with it. One bet, ride with one bet I thought was really, really interesting was the – the one that I pushed on, the Browns and the Bengals, uh, it came out minus three earlier in the week, and then Joe Mixon was uh, said he, they said he wasn't going to play, 
and the line didn't move. And I, and I was interested in why Vegas thought the line didn't move at all. And they were spot on, Browns minus three. I pushed on the Browns side and Floyd pushed on the Bengals side. Floyd did hit Carolina plus seven against the Saints. He called that after, remember, he said the Saints first with Michael Thomas and then right. switched around. He switched around. He yeah. said a hammer, the Panthers plus seven. Which, he was correct. Which did hit. They did do that, which Teddy Bridgewater always does just enough to pull it out. So. Okay. And let's go over to Aaron real quick. How, how did you do this weekend, Doug? Uh, pretty a little tough one. The Titans kind of killed me there. Yeah. Uh, I really thought they're going to pull it out. I still, I still think they're a better team than the Steelers. I think they just had a bad half in the first half. I think they showed the second half they're a much better team overall than than the Steelers are. Just kickers, man, kickers. What are you going to do? Kickers ruin. I, I hate kickers. Goskowski's yeah. got to get out of the league. He's too old. He can't do it anymore. He can't hack it. He's he's toast. Absolutely. All right, Cam. How did you do this week? I mean, I I finished three and zero, but. I really only I only than my Seattle game, which I'm still really upset about because that was the last leg of my five team parlay. But I, I still ended positive, so it's at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. But all, all of our right. picks went well. So to all you guys out there, also we will be doing this every weekend, so you'll know who's in the lead, who's not in the lead, who's lacking, and who's uh, doing the best with these bets. Aaron is last right now. He had the most misses this week. So uh, just everybody remember that. We it's week to week. Tough one, tough one. I'll, I'll get it back. I'm not worried. Yeah, he'll, he'll hit the get back. So right now it looks like uh, Is it just me? Chad and Cam are both 3-0 and on their go. picks. I'm right behind them at 3-1. and one. I don't know what Floyd is. Yeah, Martino's 1-1-1. One, 1-1-1 one and one. One, one and one, because one pushed. <laughs> okay. So that's our uh, bets for this week. But we're going to segue into our 2000s all-time playoff bracket. And I'm excited to share this with with you guys because it's a really good concept. We took all the best teams we thought were from the 2000s. I didn't want to do player repeats. For example, the 2012 Heat and then the 2020 Lakers. I didn't want LeBron twice. So uh, what we did is we compiled a bunch of teams that we thought were the best in the 2000s and we uh, seeded them. And we're going to do the first round for these ones. And our first round is going to start off with the Western Conference. I'm going to go to you first, Aaron. 2018 Golden State versus 2009 Blazers. When so I, uh, I love me some 2009 Blazers. I really do. I love Brandon Roy. That team was great. If they could have stayed healthy, they would have been a juggernaut in the West for a long time. But 2018 Golden State, you just can't top it. There's, it's impossible. They're the best team ever. I mean, I think they went, I think that's a sweep. I think it's pretty easy sweep right there. Uh, and then you got the Mavs and the Suns. Now, the Suns, actually my favorite team to play as in 2K. They're so much fun. Nash running the break, Stoudemire running the break, Marion running the break, Quentin Richardson, awesome team to play as. But 2011 Mavs think they're a little too much. I mean, the Mavs were able to handle LeBron James and that Heat team in the finals. I think they get rid of the Suns in five games, I'd say. Okay. Uh, let's go to the Spurs and Clippers. Now, this is a tough one. Because I like the 2014 Spurs, but I also really like the 2015 Clippers. I think their team chemistry kind of hampered them a little bit. Okay. Um, but I do think the Spurs get out of there in six. I think they win that series. And then the 01 Lakers, 18 Rockets, another same situation. 18 Rockets were an awesome team. Uh, I think they're underrated. They had that one bad stretch of threes, which is super improbable, and that kind of killed them, killed their whole playoff run. But uh, I do think the 01 Lakers win that one in probably five games. Okay, and uh, let's stay with the uh, 11 Mavs and 07 Suns for a second. I want to stay on that because the dichotomy of basketball between those two is crazy. <laughs> and saying that, I mean, the 07 Suns were such a high-rated team. That was kind of the uh, 
blossoming of D'Antoni in his offense. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. thirty second, you know, the uh, fifteen seconds or ten seconds or less offense. Seven seconds or less, yeah. yeah. So uh, him really u- utilizing that with Steve Nash, getting him to basically where James Harden was, getting those MVPs. That was the Suns with Amari. The two man game was very mm-hmm. reminiscent of Jamal and Jokic, but more dunks instead of layups and three pointers. I think that was a, a great, uh, great roster for the seven seconds or less offense too, because. They kind of ran a bit of a small ball, kind of early version of it. It was a bunch of smaller guys who could shoot the ball, could run up and down the floor, and really just kind of create havoc all over the place on offense and defense. Yeah, and I would uh, agree with you in the fact that the 2011 Mavs just have too much veteran experience. You know, Cam, do you have anything to add on? I actually had the Suns winning that one because I just just don't think that Mavericks team is that good because that's the only – that that Suns team was just something else. Stoudemire was absolutely yeah. Hank. Steve Nash was absolute was literally amazing that season. He's, right. And I just think it would have been too much for the I <laughs> for that Mavs team to keep up with. And to, yeah, I think yeah, to everyone out there, real quick, I just say that the '07 Suns went to the Western Conference Finals and I think lost in six to the Spurs, who yeah. went on to win yeah. it that year. Pretty right. sure that team yeah, won think- sixty games too, though. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I th- I think that 2011 Mavs team, I think Dirk is severely underrated. I mean, he was awesome at that point. Could shoot from everywhere, uh, played good defense too. He was still pretty athletic back in 2011. He was really a, an awesome player. And I think people don't see that as much because they saw kind of him at the end of his career where he was more of just a stretch four kind of spot up guy, but he was a great true scorer back in, uh, back in the day. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think Jason Kidd also really uh, getting that jump shot later in his career really helped out. And uh so many role players in that team, like Karan Butler, and I don't want to say his name, J.J. Burea. And you had J.J. Burea. And you had people like Jason Terry, and you had Tyson Chandler, and uh, more players like that, you know? And Sean Marion was there, too. So I think it was just loaded with a lot of veteran experience, and they caught a Heat team that was just not ready to win yet. Yeah, J.J. Barea was just putting the locks on Braun, bro. Okay, Barea guarded Braun for one, one <laughs> single possession, and Braun scored on him. So you can post that picture as much as you want, Kate. I don't care. How are we gonna it's do just a case cap. We know the Golden State Warriors advanced against the 9 Blazers, but for this series, the 2011 Mavs with Dirk, and then the 07 son, Steve Nash in his prime, and Amari. I'm going to start with you. I just want to hear your prediction, Aaron, and then the majority – uh, I think the Mavs win this. I think it's pretty close, but I think the Mavs win it. Mavs. You say the Mavs? Yeah, I say that they win six because of Dirk shooting. And I mean, the Suns have never proven to me that they can win a championship, honestly. Like, this is not a championship team. Yeah. You're right. D'Antoni still has not proved with the Suns also that he still yeah. couldn't win it. D'Antoni oh. just refuses to adjust to, to anything, and I don't think he has an answer for Dirk at all. All right, so that's 2-0 Mavs right now. Chad, how are you? I got to go Mavs. I mean, they, they beat my Heat, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> took a championship if, away from Rob. If they beat my Heat, they, they'll beat the fucking Suns. So. That's, a, that's true. I'll take it. That's true. All right, I'm going to – you know what? It's tough, but I'm going to go Suns on this one. Wow. And the only reason I go Suns is I think Steve Nash – is just too good in that series. I think Jason Kidd can't do anything about him near at the end of his career. I think that two-man game with uh, Amari is going to give Dirk fits in the pick and roll over and over and over again, really limiting him on defense, kind of hurting his, his offense off of that. And uh, I just think they're too fast of a team for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, all right, Blake, how about you? 
Um, I got the Mavs. <clears throat> Dirk is straight buckets at that point in his career. The turnaround, the fadeaways, the guardable. <laughs> Love to see it. All right. I mean, I'm going Suns. I agree with you. I just think Steve Nash and Stoudemire run the floor way too well. And Dirk, even though Dirk was, I know, more athletic back then, there was not more – no one – he's not athletic enough to guard Stoudemire, bro. Back okay. in his prime, people yeah. forget about how good that how guy good was. How good was. He was averaging I, like 26 percent I agree with that point, Cam, but I think Dirk outscores him on the other end as well because Stoudemire didn't play a whole lot of defense. Okay. He was pretty – yeah, not very good on that end. Well, either way, uh, we have the vote out of six people. It's four to two. So we will move the 2011 Mavs on to the second round of the playoffs. So that is shaping up next podcast to be the 2018 Golden State versus the 2011 Mavs. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about the broomsticks, but let's go to the bottom bracket and talk about the 01 Lakers versus the 2018 Rockets. We have the Lakers seated as a two seed. The Rockets seed as a seven seed. Cam, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I'm going four out Lakers. The problem with the Rockets is nobody on that team's guarding Shaq. And James Harden also just not doing enough to guard Kobe. So, like, it's just not good. That team is that's 0-1 Lakers. Shaq was literally unstoppable that season. Absolute tank. It's just too much. They don't play enough defense to guard him. Yeah, I, well, that 2018 um, – Rockets had Capella, but that doesn't that's, that that's doesn't mean a damn it. thing. And Chris Paul, and Chris Paul. Yeah, and Chris Paul. But so if we're looking at the matchups, we would of course have Kobe checking James Harden, and we know James Harden in the playoffs wouldn't be getting any lunch meat against Kobe. All right, so that's a fact. James we, Harden can't get it done in the playoffs already. Exactly. So he's got Kobe guarding him in his prime. I do want to say one thing: the one Lakers had one of the easiest finals runs they had to out of in the latest history out of all okay. the teams. Yeah, they did. They um, had an easy run. They easy. Go, I think it was one of the hardest. They won one game. I disagree. They lost one they game. Lost one so. game. They, they went 16 and They were very one. dominant. They just showed how good they were, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. That finals was a joke, though. I mean. Oh, yeah. So. The, finals, yeah. the finals was easy for them. Yeah. Iverson was just not enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I'd still have Shaq on Capella. And then, if you just think about That's role bad. players, Robert Ori. People like that, just Rick Fox, Derek Fisher is just another great player. I think that just outweighs Chris Paul and uh, Capella. So I'm honestly going to agree with Cam here. I think it's a sweep. I think 0-1 Kobe is motivated. He doesn't have his rings yet. He, he, he wants to get those. I think Shaq's at the peak of his powers in 0-1, and he's going for 40 on Capella every day and probably averaging 20 free throws. I know the Rockets will counter with a lot of threes, but I don't think that will combat how much offense the Lakers will bring. All right. Um, I'm going to do the same thing I did before. How about you, Aaron? Anything to add about that series? Yeah, I think the Rockets steal one. I think they get hot from 3-1 game. I think they steal one. I think it's five games, but I do think the Lakers win. I think that one game they steal, do you think that's more of a CP3 takeover or a Harden takeover? I think it's more of a they shoot 50% from three as a team and score like 130 points. I think it's that kind of game that they win against the Lakers. That's the Absolutely. only way they have a chance against the Lakers. Exactly. They, have to, they have to shoot 50% from three as a team. Aaron. Yeah, but if you give the, that 18 Rockets team five games, they're going to do it once. They're going to have one of those offensive games that they tend to have at least once in a series like that. Yeah. So I think they get one. I can see that for sure. I mean, I was pretty close to I, – because I, I, was, I was thinking about the same thing that Aaron just said, and I could definitely see that happening. But, like, it's just it's, – I just think Kobe and Shaq too much. All right, so let's move on to the last one. 
in this one, the three versus the six seed, we will have the 2014 Spurs with Kawhi Leonard as the finals MVP against the 2015 Clippers. The Clippers had their best season that year. Uh, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Jamal Crawford, DeAndre Jordan, Lob City was at its peak. You had great role players such as Matt Barnes. Eric Bledsoe was still there when he was younger. So just a loaded team with Doc Rivers as the coach. Who was taking that one? I'm going to start with you, Aaron. I think the Spurs take it, but I think it goes six games. Uh, I mean, that Spurs team was – that's one of the all-time great teams. That was like the last kind of hurrah for their, their big three of Parker, Ginobili, and Duncan. I think that Clippers team is good, but I think in the end – they're not going to be able to get it done against that kind of defense. I don't think Lob City, you know, can succeed with the kind of forces down low that uh, that San Antonio had in Aldridge and Duncan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to agree with you there, man. I just think Kawhi Leonard, it wasn't the Kawhi we see now who puts 30 down and shoots 40 from three, but I think it's the defensive Kawhi Leonard who is just locked in on taking out your best player. I think that's Chris Paul. And I think uh, – if you can shut down Chris Paul, get steals off pick and rolls with the long arms, long hands, big hands, I think that's how uh, you just upset the whole entire offense. And if Chris Paul's not going, then the entire Clippers aren't going to be able to go. I have, the, I have the same thing that you guys do. I have the Spurs in six. I think that the Clippers will get two because, I mean, again, they're a good team, but, like, Kawhi was just literally just unbelievable in that series, and Duncan was still very efficient. So, like, I – I agree with you guys. I think the Spurs get it done in six. All right. So we have the Spurs getting it done in six. The Lakers getting it done in four, potentially five. The Mavericks winning over the Suns and the Golden State Warriors moving on in the West. That means for next time in the Western Conference, we'll have the Golden State versus the Mavs, the Spurs versus the Lakers, which is a tough one. 2014 Spurs versus the 2001 Lakers. Um, so moving on to the Eastern Conference, moving on to the Eastern Conference, I would say, what's the first Eastern Conference matchup that you want to talk about? Let's, uh, start with the, easy. let's start with let's the, let's go with the easy one. The easy one. Let's start with the number one seed, the 2013 Heat versus the 2016 Wizards with Wall and Beal and Paul Pierce and, that's all. And what's Marcin Gortat? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Sweep it up. Trash ass. Break out the brooms. Break out Absolutely. the broomsticks. It's gone, too. I gave – I did give the other team one. That's absolutely yeah. – I think because in my experience from watching LeBron, bro, he takes his foot off the gas for at least one game because he like – and only – he's – it paid off because his career is so long and is prolonged, and it's great. He's lost, his, lost in his prime way longer because he doesn't get it done as much. But at least I, I, give, it, I give it to the Heat 4-1. Heat 4-1. Uh, I'm going to go with the Heat in a sweep, man. I'm going to say that's the last year that Dwayne Wade is kind of Dwayne Wade, and I think that he's going to be guarding Bradley Beal in that series. You're going to be having people like Mario Chalmers and Shane Battier and all these defenders who are going to be able to go and look after John Wall. LeBron will be able to kind of be a free safety on defense. And then I just think they're going to get out and run. And no one is better in a duo in transition, I think, all time than D-Wade and LeBron. So I got the heat in four. How about you, Chad? Actually, he's eating right now, so I'm going to go on. How about you? 
I got the heat in four. This is LeBron's peak. This is Dwayne Wade's last good year. Chris Bosh is still a good player. And then you got Ray Allen, too, on top of that. You got yeah. Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole. That's actually a great Bernie. point. Yeah. Like, we got, this is our best supporting cast, too. Yeah. So, I got some sweet. This North. isn't the 2012 heat. This is the 2013 mm-hmm. heat with the Ray Allen. This is only LeBron's heat. best. Norris yeah. Cole. Yeah. Norris Cole is slept on. Best of the heat. Yeah, actually, get out of here. He was a baller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a baller. He did his role Mike very Miller, well. Too. Up Mike Miller. The role players on that team were crazy, dude. They were, I mean, Battier could shoot. Miller could shoot. Chalmers. They did it all. They really did. Dude, Mike Miller. Oh, my God. Easy sweep. Have you seen that video? Have you seen that video? Him at Kentucky and he just going against. Yes, them. dude. Yes, is at Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, against. Oh, I think it was Precious Nakua. Yeah, not a triple threat. He pulls up and gets a little like <laughs> step back from the elbow. He's like he's so old now. He's wearing jeans and a backwards hat. And these kids are in like their practice unis. He took them all to school, bro. He's yeah. just cooking them. Just cooking them. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, all right. So our next series, since we all agree on the Heat. Will yeah, will be the 2011 Bulls versus the 2019 76ers. 2011 Bulls, D. Rose at his peak MVP year. You have Lou Aldang, C.J. Miles. You have B. Uh, with B.J. Watson. Am I getting that right, dude? Joe Kim Noah was Defensive Player of the Year, I think that year. Carlos Boozer was on that team. So Kyle Korver. Korver was Kyle the Korver. sniper on that team. <laughs> yep, and then you have. The 2019 Sixers with Ben Simmons, Jimmy Buckets, who we just figured out what he can do with his own team if he got it. Jimmy Buckets, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris. So uh, who wins that series? Four versus five. That's how we. That's how they're ranked. I'm hungry to hop in on this one. I think the the Bulls get it done in six. Really? Really? I think the Bulls get it done in six. I love the 2019 Sixers, but they couldn't finish, and they and they have yet to do that even <clears throat> this past year. Uh, the, those 2011 Bulls are disgusting. I mean, Jimmy Butler is, this year proved it all. I mean, the man is nasty. Get him in the right system. Get him with the right people. He's doing wonders. Um, and if you know, D Rose is in his prime. He's he's we got MVP that season. Uh, I don't see the Sixers getting it done. All right, I'm gonna go to Cam on this one. What do you feel, Chad? I love to hear that. But I, I think it takes the Bulls seven games to get it done because that Sixers team was was legit, bro. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Kawhi had the tooth and claw to get by them and stuff. And, like, I feel like D. Rose would do the same thing that Kawhi did. And, like, it would have to come down to that. But, like, I'm love to hear that you think that. I just think it's the Jimmy Butler bias. But, anyways, I'm happy with it. But, yeah, I agree the Bulls get it done in seven. It's gonna take it's gonna take an amazing performance from D Rose, but he's enough to get the job done. So especially in that year. Yeah, I, I think what it comes down to is Joakim Noah is gonna stop Joel Embiid, and I think that this probably goes six or seven because again those Sixers are a really good team. They can do it all, but I think the Bulls win. I do think the Bulls win. I'm gonna be odd man out here and say Sixers win this in six or seven. Honestly, I'm gonna agree. I'm going to say the Sixers in 2019 take the 2011 Bulls out in in six games. Like, dude, that's kind of the, stack, like the starting lineup. If, when you look at that starting lineup, people don't understand that the Raptors didn't have to take the Bucks to seven games to win that series. That was a six-game series. If Kawhi's shot didn't go in and they go to OT, I have them happens? losing. I think they lose. I think the Raptors lose that. I think the Sixers were just a lucky shot that happened to go in away from going to the NBA Finals. Honestly, yeah, they could beat the Bucks. I, I have them beating the Bucks. 
no matter how good Giannis was that series, if you put Ben Simmons on Giannis and then have Joel Embiid in the center as the second man, the second defense on him, that's a tough Sixers squad to beat. That's and, a big team. And with Tobias and Harris at that point too. I think Joel Embiid will be able to dominate Joakim Noah. As good as Joakim was, as good as Joakim was, this is Joel Embiid who was balling in that Toronto series. He was he was playing very well. What do you have to say? I agree with you, but uh, luckily for me, the three of us outvote you two, so the Bulls move on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, so let's go all around. Aaron, what do you have? Listen, I don't like the Bulls, but I think they win this series. I really do. Okay. Sixers. You have the Sixers. It's one to one. Like Bulls in uh, six or seven. Bulls in six or seven. Two one Bulls. I have Bulls in. No, no, no. I, I have Sixers. Thank you. I have Sixers in six. Whoa. And Cam is a tiebreaker. What hey, do you Jay, have? Hey, Jay, what's my hat say? It says Bulls. Yeah, Bulls All right, in seven. So the Bulls will take that one in a close three to two. Shout out to my boy. Run to the Shout out to my boy round. Robert from Chicago. Go Bulls, baby. All right. Yeah. All right. All right, so we're going to talk about the bottom bracket now. Start off with the 08 Celtics. I wish Floyd was here. The 08 Celtics versus the 2017 Pelicans. Ooh. Listen, a healthy 17 Pelicans, I think they beat the 08 Celtics. Wait, I really I, do. This is DeMarcus Cousins. I think they do. Let's go. Prime DeMarcus oh, Cousins, prime Anthony Davis. I think they got oh, Drew Holiday shit. at that point, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think the Pelicans win this in seven. All right. So I have DeMarcus Cousins here. DeMar- 2017 prime Pelicans. DeMarcus Cousins. This is DeMarcus Cousins going for 45, 22, and 16 and on the, the Pelicans. Playoff, playoff Rondo. Playoff too. Rondo, Drew Yeah, Holiday. that's facts. That's facts. Awesome. They beat the Celtics time. Yeah, so I – That's a championship This right is. There. And I put this matchup together solely because I wanted to have this discussion, and that is this series would go seven, I think. And I think it, I think it'd be a great series. I really do. This I think it'd be awesome. G when he had to put the team on his back and win that ring. I think um, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. Paul Pierce, Ray <laughs> Allen. This is young Rondo, Tony Allen for they defense. Big baby Davis. You got players like Kendrick Perkins was on that team, but the people just forget that before Boogie had that injury, the two-man game between him and AD was just insane. And, uh, yeah, I think that they would honestly win that. It's crazy. So I would have the Pelicans winning in winning in seven games. I'd have them winning in seven games. Did you say anything about the 08 Celtics versus the 2017 Pelicans? It's really tough because that Pelicans team was absolutely nasty, but I give it to the Celtics in seven games because I don't know. It's really like honestly, this could go either way, but like that's they were really good that season. Like Kevin Garnett was playing out of his mind. You still got they. I mean, playoff Rondo is on the other team too. And you, that Celtics team is deep, bro. They got Paul Pierce, who was actually like very good at that time. You no, know, I know he's hated on now, but like he was very good back then. Got Ray Allen, who's also out there too. I just don't think the, I don't know. I don't think the Pelicans shoot well enough from three to keep up with the Celtics. Okay. You don't think the Pelicans shoot well enough? Dude, the Celtics didn't shoot any threes in this playoff run. You got to remember, this team outside of Ray Allen has zero shooters. You can look at the box scores. They're making like three or four threes as a team a game. 
And I just think that they're not going to be able to score down low with Cousins and AD both there. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think if you are the New Orleans Pelicans, your starting lineup that you're rolling out is going to be playoff Rondo, Drew Holiday, Etwan Moore, AD, and DeMarcus Cousins. That is a juggernaut of an offense if they had two years, three years to gel. That is a great great offense just because you have the point guard well two of them actually and drew and ronda who play defense and go along with uh, ad and boogie i think kd would i mean kg would have a handful with ad by himself but with boogie there too i think he really sways the series i also think that kg is a shit talker he talks mad shit i mean hey i talk mad shit but kg's shit talking would be canceled out by boogie's shit talking AD's not really that type of guy who's going to, you know, talk back and I think have that alpha or that fierce mentality going right back at you. But DeMarcus Cousins healthy definitely is. I think Dylan's going to be really upset he can't share his opinion with you right now. Absolutely. <laughs> I honestly got the Pelicans in seven. Pelicans in seven? Because Boston, even not, <clears throat> because even in the finals, dude, in the first round, dude, Boston got taken to seven games against Atlanta. They got taken to seven games against the Cavs. They got taken to six games against the Pistons. Exactly. Six games against the Lakers. They were just, It was a struggle for them. And facing talented team like the Pelicans. That's what I say. I say that the 08 Celtics are the one team that milks a one single ring more than I've ever seen another team milk a ring. The fact that they went seven in the first round, <laughs> seven in the second, and six to get to the finals just by itself is, I think, atrocious. So let's go around and uh, ask who everyone thinks would win this series. I'm going to start with you, Cam. You guys almost you guys almost got me to change my mind, but I'm still going to give it to the Celtics in seven. Paul Pierce and Ray Allen are the only good three-point shooters on the team, so that's the only way they're going to score because you do have DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis down there. and I, that, I do think that's going to limit Kevin Garnett a little bit, but he's – He's a decent. He was a decent mid-range shooter back then, so I think he'll still be semi-effective. And I'm gonna give it to the Celtics, but it's a close one for sure. Okay. Uh, how do we think <laughs> Paul Pierce does in this series? I think Drew Holiday's on either Pierce or Allen. Paul Pierce gets his bread. Paul Pierce is gonna eat. I think Ray Allen's gonna eat. Uh, what about KG? How well does? How, yeah. How well does KG, KG play this series? I'm gonna go to you, Aaron. I don't really think KG does much, to be honest. Like you said, you got the two guys down low. They can kind of play however they want it to. And, again, I, the Celtics team, I just don't see them shooting enough threes to overcome it. I don't think KG does a whole lot rebounding. I don't think he does a whole lot on the offensive end. I think he plays some pretty good defense on either Cousins or Davis, but that still leaves Kendrick Perkins on the other one. And that is just a mismatch all day. Okay, I love it. Paul Pierce and Ray Allen both shot 40% from three in the playoffs and the regular season. They're on 3.5 attempts each. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. You're, if, you, if your best three-pointers combined are taking seven attempts per game, it's just not enough. I mean, Curry by himself takes 12. Seven I know, I know that. But they, well, they're comparing them to the 2017 Pelicans in 2017. This is not the 2017 Pelicans in 2008 era. This is current. I honestly would rather have Pelicans Rondo over Celtics Rondo, too. Yeah, I would also take Pelicans Rondo over Celtics Rondo. He's a lot more experienced. His IQ is there. Like, I, I would just want him. And it yeah. proves he's not washed. I mean, he was balling. Mm-hmm. That series was when they 
Okay, so he outperformed that, Dame in the playoffs. Twenty seventeen Pelicans is when they swept Dame Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. When Rondo was doing behind the back passes to A D who was going for forty and yamming it on Nurkic. So I think that with a healthy boogie, oh Lord. So uh yeah, who do you think wins that series? Right now it is one O Celtics. I got the uh Pelicans. Pelicans for sure. All right. I got the Pelicans in seven. All right, it's 2-1 Pelicans. How about you, Chad? It's Pelicans easy, bro. I like them in six. All right, Pelicans. That's 3-1 Pelicans over the 8 Celtics. I will put a poll out there, but you guys let us know how you feel about these takes. They're hot, but they're true. Ooh, they hot. Oh, they hot. All right, I'm going to go with the goddamn Pelicans also because that was the biggest what-if that I wish happened. It's ridiculous to think about AD and Boogie the resurgence of the big men, two of them who can both dribble it down the court, pass, facilitate, hit the three, and also get big boy buckets down in the paint and bully some boys down in there. They can also hit their free throws, just all-around players. If we saw that, I think uh, the Warriors would have had a run for their money, and the Warriors still win in that year against the 2017 Pelicans, but that's, uh-huh. I think it's going six or seven. All right, so that's the first one. It is 4-1 to the Pelicans. They'll move on. Now let's go to the bottom, the last playoff team in the bracket. It is going to be the 4 Pistons versus the 2012 Pacers. Let me preface this with the Pistons just came off a championship. They beat the Lakers in the finals. I think they beat them in five. Am I correct? They beat the Lakers in five that year. That's with uh, Chauncey Billups. That's with uh, ben, Wallace. ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Rip Jim. Hamilton. They had Tayshaun Prince, a bunch of dogs. Uh, and then we have the 2012 Pacers, the guys who took the heat and gave them a run for their money. That's a young Paul George before he became way off, trade off, lay off P. This is before all that. He was a great player. He was yamming on Chris Anderson. You know that famous dunk? Just uh, that bah, Yo, toughed on him, yo. So it's just crazy. Um, you also got David West. You have Danny Granger. People may forget that name. Danny Granger, George Hill. Roy Hibbert, before he became terrible. He was actually good, believe it or not. Believe it or not, he was good. Anchor on the end. So uh, who do you think wins? I'm going to start with you, Eric. I think the Pacers take it in – it's going to go the full seven for sure. But I think, I think the Pacers take it. I think, uh, I think the defense is there for the Pacers, and I think the offense is there for them as well. But I don't think it's there for the Pistons. I mean – Paul George is going to be tough to stop. Uh, like, like you said, Danny Granger's 25-point-per-game scorer back then. And I, there's no guy really on the Pistons that can kind of counter that and carry the scoring load in the same way that those guys can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to honestly disagree with you there. And the reason why is because I think if the 4 Pistons could get through the 4 Lakers who added GP and they added Karl Malone, they kind of try to get the Thanos five, you know, like Infinity Stones and shit. It didn't work out for them, kind of like the Warriors. I think they can get past that team. I doubt they wouldn't be able to get past the 2012 Pacers. They were really good. PG gave uh, Braun a lot of trouble there, but I just think that the 4 Pistons with Chauncey as the MVP, he was hitting clutch shots. He didn't have to be the 30-point-per-game scorer because you got it from everybody. You had Rasheed Wallace, who was kind of – one of the first guys to stretch the floor also and play with that tough guy mentality along with two-time or three-time defensive player of the year, Ben Wallace. So you had a lot of good players there. Um, what do you have to add, Cam? 
Yeah, I agree with you, Jay. I think I give it to Detroit. Mainly, Ben Wallace was a defensive monster that season. He was averaging three blocks a game and almost two steals. He's always he's running for defensive player of the year pretty much every year. And people sleep on uh, Richard Hamilton, bro, and, and Chauncey Billups. Both of those guys were absolute ballers. Everybody in their starting five was over double figures averaging, which is very impressive, I think. For how good this for how good this team is defensively, and I just don't think Paul George and the Pacers are enough to get it done, and Danny Danny Granger is definitely not enough to get it done. So, agreed. If there's one thing I learned from this year is fuck Paul George. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's a little bum in my book. Now. Pandemic P. Pandemic P. Just pussy P. I don't know. Pussy just P. shitty P. P. I don't know. He's yeah, not good. Parmesan P. O four Pistons. I love their ball play. I think. I think. I think they they kill him. I think they get him at five. Wow. All right. You know, so uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, if they beat the Lakers, then I don't see how many problems with the Pistons at all. Or okay. the Pacers. I don't think that Lakers team was that good, though. I mean, Carl Malone is super old. Gary Payton was super old. Uh, There's a lot of dysfunction going on in the Lakers at that time. I don't think they were like – the Lakers, Lakers, you think of like 01 to 03 kind of Lakers. The thing is that 04 Pistons team was a flash in a pan because what we did see was LeBron a year or two years after that, late 29 in the fourth quarter against them, unanswered in the fourth quarter in OT to go to the NBA Finals against the Spurs in 07. So uh, that's a very true claim that could be the case. Let me go over and review this. We're going to go around and ask who do we think is going to win this game. I'm going to start with uh, the series, matter of fact. Let me start with you, Aaron. I got uh, Pacers in seven. I think it's a really close, fun series, but I think the Pacers take it. Okay. We got Pistons in six. Pistons in six. Yeah, if they beat the Lakers, then they're not going to have problems against the Pacers. All right, so that's one-to-one one right now, Pacers and Pistons tied at one. How about you, Chad? I think I was getting a little horny on the five. I might bump it up to six. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go six, Pistons and uh, six. He was horny on the five, but he likes the six. All right, so he's two-one. I'm going to – I'm going to tell that. I'm going to go 04 Pistons. We got 3 1 right now, 04 Pistons. Cam, what can you do right here? Yeah, I also like the Pistons. I think it's a really good series. It would be super fun to watch, but I think it also goes seven games, but the Pistons pull it out just because they're better than the other team. Okay, so that is for the Eastern Conference. Just to recap, we have the 2013 Heat versus the 2011 Bulls. And we basically saw that matchup already, so. I think we know who we're going to say next year. Maybe you guys have a different opinion. you got to watch that to find out. And the next series in the East is going to be the 2017 Pelicans versus the 04 Pistons. Wow, that's a series. All right, that will end our 2000s all-time playoff first-round bracket. We are going to take a break real quick. But in the meantime, let me just tell you all that I fell in love with the streets. Switched it up from Benny right quick. We went to Kanye. We're going to go back and start off with the next segment. That is NBA What Ifs. NBA What Ifs. So how this is going to work is we're going to start off with this first one. 
What if Tim Duncan, who was a free agent in 03, went to the Magic? Backstory. What happened was Tim Duncan was supposed to go. He was looking, T-Mac, Grant Hill was there before the Grant injury, and he wanted to get a uh, plane rights for his family. He said, hey, can my family go on the plane? And Doc said, no. All right, teammate. Um, Timmy said, you know what? All right, fuck you. I'm going to stay in the Spurs. I'm going to keep winning these chips. You're going to keep being a lowly, terrible coach. So what if Tim Duncan, all assuming T-Mac and Grant Hill stay healthy, what if he joined the Magic that season? I'm going to start with you, Aaron. I think that Magic team becomes dominant because, I mean, they really have it all at that point. People forget how good Grant Hill was before he got hurt. I mean, he was dropping about 22, 8, and 7 every night. Tim Duncan, all-time great defender, also a good post player. Uh, you got T-Mac out on the perimeter. I mean, they really they, they have it all. They got their guard, their forward, and their center. I think that team wins easy one ring, maybe two, maybe three. Because that's right at the end of the Lakers run and kind of before the Celtics started becoming a thing. So I, there's like a little gap in there where I think they would have fit in perfectly from like 03 to about 06, 07. That's a great point. You mentioned in the, uh, in the earlier segment that the Pistons would have lost, right, to the 2012 Pacers. Yep. So if they were yep. losing to the 2012 Pacers, who they beat 4-2 in 2004, I have right here in the playoff picture. Yeah, man, I would have the Orlando Magic beating that, pay, that Pistons squad if they went to the NBA Finals. I really do. I think that the seating is completely different. If you have a healthy Grant Hill, a healthy Tracy McGrady, and Tim Duncan as your big man in 03 after mm-hmm. already having the championships these, yeah, man, I think that Magic team goes for, uh, goes for two or three. But the one thing I would say, though, is they don't end up with Dwight Howard in that scenario, which I think really changes the trajectory of the league a lot. I think a lot of things look different today if Dwight never gets drafted by Orlando. Because when Dwight went to, went to the Lakers and to the Rockets, he's been all over, been part of a bunch of big trades. So I think that's a, a big what if in the NBA. Well, then let me ask you this. Who was the 2005 NBA champion? It was the San Antonio Spurs, wasn't it? So. Oh, 05 was Spurs, 06 was the Heat, yeah, yeah. And then 07 was Spurs again. The Spurs never went back to back. Yep. All assuming we have the magic <clears throat> going and also beating the how does that series go? The 04 Lakers versus the 04 Healthy Magic with a Tim Duncan on that squad. Like I had said earlier, the 04 Lakers, they were pretty old. I mean, Kobe obviously wasn't old, but the rest of their players were getting old, getting up there in age. Um, I think they're an overrated team personally, which is part of why the Spurs beat them. I think the Magic handled that series pretty easily. Okay. So we're going to say that's one ring. In 2005, they played the Spurs. Now the Spurs have no Tim Duncan, so they're playing somebody else. I see that's the second ring. In 2006, they play Dwayne Wade in the Heat. That's a tough one because that D Wade Heat team was really good. Uh, I think that's a toss up. I think there's a good chance they end up not making it to the finals in that, that year. I think D Wade was kind of on a mission that year. He put up some crazy regular season numbers and playoff numbers. Uh, I think he gets it done there. I think they don't go three peep. Okay. I disagree. I think they would three-peat. I don't think D-Wade and Shaq would be it because Shaq wasn't that good at the end there. So I just – with Grant Hill and T-Mac both healthy, I just don't think it would be enough. Clearly, Chad disagrees with me, but you want to hop in here? Okay, I think he's completely fucking losing his mind at this point. Uh, the 06 Heat, unstoppable. Dwayne Wade, fucking – holy shit. Go back and watch that shit, bro. You'll look at that and think he's the best basketball player of all time. 
the stuff he pulled off, bro, crazy. It was Passes, actually – Dude, he yeah. stole – he did every asset of the game, bro. It was unbelievable. Uh, I, I, was, I think they get him in 06. But I love the Magic and they get those first two. Absolutely. Yeah, I would have to agree with – I would say both of you guys because the Heat in 06, if we're facing a healthy Magic, I would say we have to for, we have to not forget that the Mavs are up 2-0 in that series against the 06 Heat. And Dwayne Wade went on a mission and averaged 34.7 that series to win four straight and claim the MVP as his third year in the league. However, if you have a healthy Magic's team with Tim T-Mac. Duncan, Grant Hill, and Tracy McGrady, I think that's the first big three before the LeBron era. That would have been the first mm-hmm. one that would have hit the three-peat in the perfect area, I mean, the perfect era that was kind of transitioning from one sort of the game to the other. And I think the magic would just be a force to handle if Tim Duncan went there. D. Wade only made 13 three-pointers in the regular season, shot 17% from the three-point line. What is that guy going to do against prime T-Mac? Think about that. Like, that, nobody could guard him. He was taller, faster Kobe. Like, back in his prime, if, if, if T-Mac never got hurt. That's a big thing, though. That's a, the injuries are a big thing because T-Mac and Grant Hill both got hurt. That's true. So, I mean, <clears throat> is this, obviously we're assuming they stay healthy here. But in real life, you know, nobody has perfect health. They're going to get probably injured at some point. They've proven they're prone to it. So I think that's a big, big question mark as well. That's a fair point. But I would say, of course, they're prone to injuries. But I would say kind of like the heat where the injuries don't come in the playoffs. You know, uh, I think Grant Hill could have in, like kind of like Steph too in the regular season sit out games because he's has riddling uh, issues. But yep, yep. for the most part, they'd be healthy. Let me just give you these stats right quick, and it's that Grant Hill finished third in MVP voting in the '96 '97 season. This is mm-hmm. seven years removed because of the injury. I'm saying no injury. He finished third while quietly averaging 21, nine, and seven. Not even counting that 03 T Mac was given two, yeah, two steals as well for Grant Hill that season. Grant Hill, 03 T Mac, great defender. Two, yep, yep. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he, was, yep. he was taller. Than that. Yeah, absolutely. He was a uh, taller, faster Kobe. Uh, Grant Hill and T Mac both had that extreme bounce before they were injured. There's three years there where T-Mac is balling at 32, 28, and 27. Of those, that in, 20, in 06, was, he was still averaging 27 points per game and shooting well over 40% from the three-point line. I just don't know what D-Wade would have been able to do against that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, D-Wade wouldn't be able to do anything. I think Shaq at that point in 2006 – wouldn't be that good either with Tim Duncan kind of at the peak of his powers there in 06. So I think that would a, uh, that would have a significant impact. All right. So let's move on to uh, the second one, which is CP3. What if that trade was not vetoed to the Lakers? That's a tough one. Because um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like everywhere CP3's gone, really, there's been some chemistry issues. I mean, he's a great player, obviously. Uh, gets it done, but 
I don't know if he would have meshed with Kobe. I don't know if their personalities would have gone together, to be honest. I think Kobe would try to be like kind of the alpha of the team. I think Chris Paul would try to do the same thing. And I think they would have clashed a little bit. So I'm not really sure how that would have gone. I agree with you, Aaron. I definitely think there's some chemistry issues there. Chris Paul is a subtle leader and like leads on like team building his team chemistry and like mentoring the young guys. And Kobe is like, has got that Jordan swagger. He's punching his teammates in the face, bro. Like if you're not doing what you need to be doing. So like, I just don't think it would work. It would have been interesting to watch, but I don't think it would have changed too much. I disagree. I think Chris Paul and Kobe are both two guys who take whatever, who does whatever it takes to win. So whatever problems they got, they would have just worked it out. And Chris Paul, coming in the break on the bench, he would have been an amazing playmaker. That's actually that's a good point because uh, you mean you did see that with Kobe and Shaq, where they kind of they hated each other, but they made it work. They got the three P before Shaq dipped out of town. Um, but I still just don't know because that era there's there was quite a few good teams. I mean, you had that Heat team coming up. Uh, the Celtics were still okay at that point. Uh, the Spurs were really good. There's just so many good teams in that little era around like 2011, 2012. That I don't know if the Lakers get it done with that roster. I don't think they get it done that year, but eventually in due time they do. They get through Dallas? I don't know. Chad, don't what know. do you have to say? Uh, I love CP3. I think he, I mean, he's still performing at a crazy level compared to what I, I assumed he would be by this point. Um, but I think what it boils down to is the chemistry. Yeah. I, just, I think exactly what uh, Aaron and Cam both said, um, and NJ, um, that the, the chemistry, they're just going to butt heads too much. Too way too much. I know CP3 is a very verbal guy, and Kobe doesn't fuck around. So um, they're they're butt heads way too much. It's going to be just like a Jimmy Butler get me out of here situation. Yeah, to be honest, I would disagree, and I would kind of agree and say that uh, whatever you want to say about the trade, you have to remember that Chris Paul wasn't a free agent. He got traded there, and the full trade was a three-team trade. It was the Lakers getting Chris Paul, Pau Gasol going to the Rockets, New Orleans getting Kevin Martin, Louis Scola, Lamar Odom, Goran Dragic, and a 2012 Knicks first-round pick. So the only thing that they were giving up was their franchise point guard, but they were getting back so many pieces. They got a draft pick, and Pau Gasol was supposed to go to the Rockets. Um, so I think if you take Pau off that team and put CP3 in Kobe, with Bynum, they still get it done. That team is – it would be so hard to beat them defensively with two defensive stoppers as your backcourt with Kobe and CP3. And I think Bynum in that time was one of the best centers in the league pre-injury, you know, before he got the contract with the Sixers. So, yeah, that's my opinion. What would you add on? The thing I would say is what an awesome finals it would be to see that Lakers team against the big three Heat team, man. That would have been so much fun to see. Adding on to what Cam said, how it's the Western Conference, so they would have to go through the Mavericks first. In 2011. In 2011. How would you have CP3, Kobe, Bynum, Fisher? Uh, I think um, what's his, Trevor Ariza was still on that team back then. Uh, that team against Shannon the 2011 Brown. Shannon Brown. Super hops. Super <laughs> duper hops. So, uh, yeah, you got those people against uh, 2011 Mavericks, the veteran team that we have going to the next round in our previous segment. Oh, yeah. Also, though, if Co- let's say if Chris Paul goes there, maybe Kobe never gets hurt, too, also. Yeah, of course. This is assuming that these players are healthy together for their tenure. 
Uh, well, I mean, the trade was proposed after the 2011 finals, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was like end of 2011, beginning of 2012. So I don't think it wouldn't have affected the Mavericks. Um, but I think that team, I think that Lakers team gets it done against the Spurs, but I don't think they get it done against the Heat because that's this is post choke LeBron. LeBron's in full on God mode. I mean, you're not you're not going to stop him. It doesn't matter what you do. Okay, agreed. I think that 2013 Heat team would still beat the 2013 Lakers. Jesus, that would be a series to behold. Uh, I wish we could get some of those. Uh, we'll have another segment with like our, I guess, our uh, all-time series that we'd love to see. You know, but for the time being, got anything else to add before we wrap that one up? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it. I hate to say it, and you're gonna be proud of me, but. I still don't think that the that LeBron would lose to either of those Lakers squads. Kobe might get one to go to seven, but I still think the Heat take them both, both times, just because, like, I can't disrespect. I know LeBron's one of the greatest Evers, and at that point he was literally unstoppable. And I even, even as much as it pains me to admit, it still wouldn't take a championship away from him. Absolutely. All right, so – Ending up with that, we have a consensus that the CP3 and Kobe would probably make it to the finals, whatever year they would get together, but ultimately lose to LeBron, Wade, Bosch, and that Heat juggernaut for that three-year span that they were. The last NBA what if, actually we have a couple more, but we're going to go into uh, D. Rose. What if D. Rose doesn't get injured? What happens to his career? And then I'll talk about teammates, but right now, what if D. Rose doesn't get injured? I'll start with you, Aaron. So I think his career ends up looking a lot like Russell Westbrook. I think he doesn't get a ring. And I think everyone leaves him kind of alone on Chicago. And I just don't think he can, I don't think he can get it done by himself. And I don't think it happens for him. I really don't. I hate to say it. Because I love Derrick Rose as a player and as a person. Yeah. But I just don't see them doing it. Wow. That is okay. I, I like that bomb that you just dropped. Cam, what do you have to counter as a Bulls fan? I mean, I don't actively disagree with what Aaron said because at the end of the day, like, you can't win in today's NBA without another superstar. So maybe if he stays healthy, he could have gotten LeBron to join him in Chicago or, like, somebody else to, like, at least make a run for it. But there's no way that if he stays in Chicago, then he's just by himself. He's just going to put up monster numbers similar to Russell Westbrook, and it's just really not going to matter too much because they're still not going to win against – anybody else with if it's just him out there you can't get it done by yourself yeah for d rose i'd say that he won an mvp in 2011 when he was healthy at the age of 22 that is absolutely ridiculous i see the 22 or 23 <clears throat> absolutely ridiculous um i don't think that he's going to be one of those players that people don't want to play with though i think d rose was well-liked, and he was known to actually make the right decisions, i say, rather than Russell Westbrook down the stretch. We saw that Christmas game that I posted on the Twitter um, recently before that D. Rose hit the game-winning shot over Kobe and Derek Fisher, you know, to win that Christmas game. He had the clutch gene in him. He's got a game-winner over Braun. Yeah, he's a game-winner over Braun. He has many game-winners, and I think that uh, he was just a better decision-maker all around at the young age that he was. Does he get a ring for me? I think he would need to get a second star 
That's not Joe Kim Noah to actually have a chance in the Butler. Eastern Conference. Jimmy Butler was still. Did they get it done against the Heat, though? Jimmy yes. Butler was oh, still. You got to keep him on the team, let him develop. Mm. I did too. He LeBron was young, though, but he was that's young. True. If Butler you had a Jimmy Butler young. now with Derrick Rose, that's a hell of a Bulls team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With Joe Kimmel out there, that's too. That's a hell of a Kyle Corver, baby. Coming Kyle Corver, baby. Healthy D. Rose, LeBron doesn't make eight straight finals. Healthy D. Rose, LeBron that's doesn't make eight straight finals. That's true. Hot take. LeBron, but then we always get it seems like. That's the thing, though, is if Rose is healthy, I think he's able to convince another superstar to come to Chicago. So I mean, it's not that hard to market Chicago. Uh, they've just been so bad recently that it's been tough for them to sign anyone. But if Rose is healthy, they're in it every year. I think they could make some noise in free agency or something. I could see that happening for sure. What I'll say against your claim uh, comparing D. Rose to Russ and the fact that he'll just slow down and kind of fade away is D. Rose is known to be one of the most humble players I've seen, uh, at least in the NBA. Even when he came back and he scored that 50-whatever, 52 or something on the middle mm-hmm. Uh, he was humble about it. He said, I'm just, you know, glad I'm playing. You know, back I'm here. I'm glad that I'm here. Uh, and I think the whole reason why Russ's career is slowed down is his cockiness and his arrogance. Russ, I mean, it's fun to watch and it's entertaining, but, I mean, he's not able to back it up anymore. It's making him look like a bitch. I don't, I don't think D. Rose ever does that, and I think D. Rose just does whatever he does, needs to do to get that ring. All right, so – I'm going to hit you guys with a uh, bombshell right here. I'm going to come up with my own last what if before we move on to the last section. The what if I'm going to send you guys is what if Steve Nash was not traded by Cuban from the Dallas Mavericks Suns two years before his MVP season because he was still making his leaps. He was not a bad player. He actually was an all-star one of those years with Dirk. So I'd say what if you had prime Steve Nash, 07 Nash, with a Dirk in that same era? I think we I think we see Nash and Dirk as one of the all time great duos. If that happens, I think they're out there with like Stockton and Malone, like Pippen and Jordan. I mean, their potential offensively is just off the charts. They the both of those guys could do it all. They were well. I mean, Dirk not as much of a playmaker, but they could both shoot the ball. They could finish at the rack. They were just. I think they would play off each other perfectly. I think the skill sets really fit together. Yeah, it's actually ridiculous. If you go back and if you're watching this, just go back and watch some of those Nash highlights where he goes for 47, but he's going for 47 and only shooting four threes. And he's mm-hmm. still getting his 13 assists and yep. somehow grabbing eight rebounds. It's ridiculous. The stats he was putting up for just being the, the short white guy with the long hair who was just swaggy, dribbling it. You know, <clears throat> he was a great player. So I think adding that with Dirk, the pick and roll, the pick and pop even better. I think uh, Dirk gets that much more spacing because Nash became a great shooter also. I think Dirk and Nash uh, are both just masters of their craft. They both know what they need to do, and they do it perfect every single time. They don't stray away from it. They, they just keep pounding what they, they know. Okay. Um, and, yeah. they, and their two styles of play flow so well together um, that I agree with him. I think they're like a Carl Malone and uh, Stockton. Stockton. I great, think great I think it's a great yeah. – Great deal, and it's a legendary one that, that isn't forgotten. Absolutely. So let me pose this question to you, and it would be, how do you think they fare against the Spurs in 05? You have them Dallas Mavericks with Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki against Tony Parker, Ginobili, Bruce Bowen is on that team back then. David, I mean, uh, David Robinson retired. He's not on that, no. 05, I mean, that 05 team. 
but you still have Tim Duncan, who I think won MVP that year. So how do those two teams fare in a playoff matchup? I still think the Spurs take it. I think they're a little too good in 05. I think because that, that prime Duncan was just an awesome player all around. He's not, he's not flashy, so people don't remember him as much and how good and consistent he was. But I still think the Spurs take that over the Mavs. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with Aaron. I would love to watch Steve Nash and Dirk play together. They'd create some awesome highlights, and it would be their games would blend perfectly together. It would be so it would be beautiful basketball to watch. But Tim Duncan, even though I don't like him that much, he's very good. He would I feel like he would he can contain Dirk, and they're the Spurs are all around good enough at defense to limit Nash to not being the same playmaker he usually is. So I still think the Spurs would get it done. So I'll say this, in 2006, the San Antonio Spurs and the Dallas Mavericks went to seven games. Dirk Nowitzki was dropping 40 a game, it says here. Dirk Nowitzki was probably averaging 34, I think his stats were. Just absolutely absurd. I think if you add a uh, MVP Steve Nash onto that team, they're a force to be reckoned with. But I think it's okay that we don't see them, that we didn't get to see them. Because now we have our own Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki and Luka Doncic. Yep. I was going to say the same thing. Yep. Now we have that future, that kind of 2020 version of what the uh, 2000 version was. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what these guys t- together can do. Because, I mean, they their first like full real year together, no injuries, they set the all-time record for highest offensive rating in NBA history this year, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, if they can attract another superstar, or even just a good third player, third piece kind of guy, I think they're going to be a problem in the West for a long time. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm worried that uh, Luka Doncic is going to beat Derrick Rose's record for the youngest MVP. He just might. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, though, it's, it comes down to Kristaps staying healthy for long enough to, for them to put up good numbers. But the offense is there. They're, and Kristaps is good enough on defense to – and to make up for some of Luca's times when he's just laying back and like resting up so he can be amazing on offense. But Luca's not bad at defense either. And I think both of them will be amazing to watch in the, in the next couple of years. If they can pull off a deal for Giannis and get him somehow, they're going to be amazing. They're going to win multiple rings. LeBron gets yeah. no more rings if Giannis goes to Dallas. I agree. I agree. And I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't be too upset if that happened, but I think that happens in free agency. I don't think it happens off a of trade. Um, I don't think so I think, would, I, don't I think Giannis, Giannis, I think honestly, Dallas is a legitimate contender really? for, in the Giannis. I think things. for Giannis, mm-hmm. the contenders for him is the Warriors, the Heat, and the Bucks. Dude, if you're into the Warriors, oh, man. man. Yeah, but uh, right before we, uh, Right before we uh, wrap up, we're going to go into the NFL. We are going to switch it up a little bit into our top five NFL rankings or top five who we think is the best top five teams after this weekend. Uh, We're going to go right after this. All right, so we are back for our last segment, which is our NFL Top 5 Power Rankings. Like I said, we're going to give you a lot of basketball, a little football. That's what we do here. All right, so going to the NFL Top 5 Power Rankings. Um, 
I'm going to start off with mine. I'm going to go with the Steelers as my number one team going into week eight of the NFL season. They remain undefeated against the Tennessee Titans. I think that was a huge win when you saw that their offense, defense, and special teams all played cohesively and got that win. I would say that, uh, of course, they did give up a lead going to the second half. They let the Titans get back in that game. But to see their start was very impressive, to see how Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> even though throwing three picks, they were tip picks. And to see how that defense, that front three with Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward just got, kept getting uh, consistent pressure on the quarterback, allowing their DBs to kind of be able to cover and not have to worry about blitzing or anything. So that was very encouraging. My number two team for the week eight season would be the Kansas City Chiefs. That's my number two team. I think we saw them lose one game to the Raiders. Yeah, that was a fluke game. Uh, I think the Raiders are a good team. They got gashed a little bit, but overall, they're just very steady. I think Eric Bieniemy, the coaching, is very consistent. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, they have a great rapport, and I think they're just kind of steaming along. Uh, how about you, Cam? I'm going to go to your one and two picks for your top five power rankings. I have uh, I got the same picks as you, except I got Kansas City at one and the Steelers at two. I'm interested. I would like to put the Steelers at one, but I just think Kansas City is just too good of a team. So, like, I know they lost to the Raiders, but, like, I'm not that upset about that. And if the, the Steelers can be number one next week, they beat the Ravens. So we'll, we'll definitely about to find out how good they are this week. All right. What are your top two teams going to the week eight season? Uh, for my top two, same two teams, but um, I currently have the Chiefs just slightly ahead of the Steelers. I feel like they haven't really unleashed Patrick Mahomes this year, which is crazy. They've been relying on the run game, playing great defense, great special teams. Um, I, but they, they have looked mortal, though. At the end of the year, I felt like they became this team that everyone thought that couldn't be beat, but they've been in a lot of close games. But I still like Patrick Mahomes leading the charge. So Chiefs at one. Steelers at two, as much as it pains me to say it as a Ravens fan. They look great. And, yeah. All right. So what about you, Aaron? What are your top two teams going into the Week 8 season? So number one, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I mean, they've been playing great football so far. Uh, not much to say about it. They really looked good until, until the fourth quarter last week. Uh, the number two, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think I think those two losses were really flukes. If you look at it, uh, they were close games, good good teams. They made a bad play here or there, and they've just been thrashing teams lately. I mean, they killed the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. They destroyed the Raiders and uh, Derek Carr this week. I think that's just a start of what's coming. Uh, they're adding a B. I think this offense is going to be on another level, and the defense is playing great right now too. They did lose to the Bears, though, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we would have won if Brady knew how many downs there were. So that's yeah. all I have to say on that. A big caveat on that. If the Bears offense was that bad, it kind of gets me a little worried to kind of see uh, if they can keep up against a really good defense. But how about you, Chad? I think it's clear as day. I think the Chiefs are number one. I think they're Super Bowl champs. Uh, they just got Le'Veon Bell. I mean, come on. I don't care if Pittsburgh's uh, 6-0. and they, they lost by a field goal to a team that no one put in their top five. So um, I think that Steelers are close too, but they're not number one. Um, three, I'll say Bucks. That's a nice three. I agree with you. The two flukes might be uh, – or the two uh, games might be a fluke. Um, 
And at a close fours, the Baltimore. Um, I'm agreeing with that. Um, just because, I don't know, they're, they're playing good, just not as well as they should have. Yeah, on those same three and four, I agree with you. I have Bucks Ravens as my three and four also. I think the Bucks are not there yet in the top two, but they're just an ascending team. And with Brady week to week, it just seems like he's just getting more of a connection with his receivers, with Scotty Miller. Gronkowski's finally getting into fold, getting back those uh, those legs for the season. You got Godwin who came back from injury, although he just had a fractured uh, finger. So we'll see what he can do with that. However, I just think the defense is coming along too. Devin White and Levante David as linebackers are really the two ideal linebackers you want with Shaquille Barrett, with Nadama Kinsu, Jason Pierre-Paul. You have all these players who are getting to the – Jamel Dean really coming into his own as a corner right now too. And uh, Antoine Winfield as a safety. The defense is nice, bro. Murphy Bunting is part two. Antoine Winfield, you have uh, the line actually doing a good job protecting – Tom Brady so far this year with their first round pick in Tristan Wirth. So I would agree with those three and four. How about you, Cam? Yeah, I got Tampa Bay at three, but my number four is actually the Titans. I know they lost to, uh, I, I know they have that one loss, but Derrick Henry is still the best running back in the league. And their the coaching right now with Mike Verbal is just unbelievable. And I, AJ Brown is a big play threat every single time. And, uh, I just think they're a good football team, and Derrick Henry's playing out of his mind right now, so I'm going to give them the, the number four spot. Um, I agree, sort of. Uh, I got the Ravens at three, as a, but you could say I'm a Ravens fan, so I'm biased, but here's, let me tell you why. Um, the Bucks look good, don't get me wrong, but the Ravens are not playing very good. Like, they're not playing anywhere near as good as they could be. This team is loaded with talent. It's about as much talent as you can put on a roster in a hard cap era. Addition of Yannick Ngakwe is going to be absolutely huge. He already has five sacks on the year. You got Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey on Defensive Player of the Year watch. Already has like four forced fumbles. And I like Patrick Queen as well for Defensive Rookie of the Year on watch. Uh, absolute this defense this Sunday, we should get a great match between the two the, probably the two best defenses in football right now, the Ravens and the Steelers, low-scoring game. I got the Bucks at four. Do you like the under in that game? What is it at? I don't even know. All right, well, Cam- I like 35, yeah. That game, I would say it's kind of a travesty that they don't have the Ravens Steelers as the night game for Sunday, a divisional mm. game, two of the best teams in that conference, and uh, I think that would be a great night game to see. Uh, who's the primetime game then? It's uh, a bullshit ass NFC East game. Really, <laughs> some, <laughs> oh, Dallas is definitely Dallas versus Philadelphia. Yeah, primetime eight twenty, isn't it? Forty-six oh and a half is the over for the Steelers. Really. Forty-six yeah. and a half. How do we feel about that over or under? I'm gonna go with you, Blake. Going over. Uh, Twenty-three each. Oh man. Twenty-three um, each to cover. I. Uh, you said it was gonna be low scoring. It's probably it's probably the under by just a little bit. I think that both of these offenses are gonna struggle. Um, it's gonna come down to probably a kicking game, and. I think the reason they're not giving us this game on, on the night game is because the Ravens and Steelers play again on Thanksgiving night. Mm. Uh, another huge matchup. And I expect these two teams to split one and one. All right. I wish – I want to see some more Seahawks love. Uh, they've been playing great football this year. Russell Wilson has been finally unleashed, and I think they are a great team. I think they're a contender, and I haven't heard anyone talk about them yet, so I just want to put yeah. that out there. Are they, I have a f- yeah. fight against uh, the Seahawks. I mean, if I didn't have the plus three and a half, they would have – 
lost me, and they did lose them a bunch of money. Fuck Seattle, um, bro. And another Fuck thing I'll say Seattle. about Seattle is Seattle is what made Miami start making this little push. We yeah. had a nice game against Seattle. They beat us, but it was close. That Seattle defense is just I – mean, God awful. It's god awful. It looks like FSU's. Three it's, picks from Russ, too, in the it's la- last week. It's fucking bro. terrible. Well, no I way. think it all starts with their D line, how they just can't get pressure on the quarterback. They can't get it with their front three. They can't get it with their front four. Even when they try to blitz, they just can't get that uh, that pressure on the QB, which kind of makes their DBs in a tough position uh, off, off rip. So I would agree with that one. My fifth team in this power rankings is going to be the Green Bay Packers. I just think Aaron Rodgers, after that week with the Bucks, kind of came back down to earth and said, all right, let's, let's just go week to week and try to get this win week to week. I know they played a bad Texans team, but without Aaron Jones, without their leading rusher, they still, got a, still found a way to get it done. And I think Devontae Adams has proven that he's a top 10, top 7 wide receiver in this league. And uh, that rapport with Aaron Rodgers is something not to be understated. I mean, for my number fifth team, I know uh, this is going to make some people upset. I know Baltimore is a good team, but I'm not putting them in my top five, and I'm put I'm going to put the Cardinals in there. Oh my god! Only because okay, okay. Because the way power rankings work, the way power rankings work is week to week, and right now they are playing really good football. Kyler Murray is in the MVP race as well. DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the league, and that defense is just got three interceptions off Russell Wilson last week. They are playing some good defense right now, too. I know the Ravens are a good team, but I haven't seen good enough football from them at, at this moment to put them in my top five. That's a fair assessment, but the scary thing is, is that the Ravens haven't played anywhere near as well as they can. If this team actually plays to the – if the offense starts to click, the defense plays the way it is, I think there's a major talent gap between them and the Cardinals. I think it's a little early to put the Cardinals up there, although I do – I really like Kyler Murray, and he's playing really well. But I wouldn't put them I out. That, I think that's a big if, though, because, I mean, we're, what, seven, eight weeks into the season, and we still haven't seen their best. So are we, are we going to see it? I don't know. I agree. I like your assessment of the Cardinals. They're a good team, um, but not top five good enough. That's why I have Packers at five. And two honorable mentions being the Titans and the Cardinals. All right. Well, before we wrap this up, let me hear somebody who you think a team that could, who's not in the top five, that could sneak into it in week eight. My team, I will start off with that will sneak back into the top five. I think the 49ers will sneak back into the top five. And the reason why is because I think they play the Seahawks this week. And I think they beat the Seahawks this week. The defense right now, not knowing if Jamal Adams will be back in the fold, I just think that they get that win. No one can stop George Kittle. He's going to have a game. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, it's a great offensive coordinator. If they can beat the Seahawks, I think they'll jump back up into that top five. How about you, Aaron? A team I really like that hasn't got a lot of coverage too is the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they're playing great football. They got a huge point differential. They're four and two. Got a veteran QB. I think they they're poised to make a playoff run if they play their cards right. My uh my sleeper team that's gonna or not my sleeper team but my team that's gonna s- slip back into the top fives. I think it's going to be the Ravens because I do think they're gonna get the W against the Steelers this week. Just because I know the Steelers are a good team, but again, Blake as Blake said, the Ravens have been waiting for an opportunity to showcase what they can do, and I think this is the opportunity to do just that. All right. 
I think it's the Titans. I think they're coming right back. I mean, they, they lost, they lost by a missed field goal. Great pick, uh, great pick. They, they were undefeated until then. I think they're coming right back. Who they put? The Titans play the Bengals this week, so I yeah. definitely like that matchup for sure. Absolutely. All right, so wrapping this up, those will be our top five, our power rankings for this last segment of the podcast. Before we go, I will show you with this, the uh, next episode. I want to show you this snippet real quick. Brian Windhorst of ESPN. But the NBA owners are extremely motivated. After evaluating everything in the bubble, while that was a triumph, they decided they want to be back on their regular calendar, and they don't want to pass up the opportunity that is the grand showcase day of the NBA regular season, Christmas Day. They are motivated, and from what I understand in talking to people, it's happening. That's what the last thing that he was going to say. So the NBA is back. With that being said, next episode, we will be diving into the 2021 Olympic team. Who is going to Tokyo out of everybody in the league? I think the World Cup, not many people will be going. However, for the Olympics, it's always gotten the biggest stars. Everybody wants to be in the Olympics and be able to get that gold medal. That's going to be in the podcast next week. Also, we're going to have our second round of the playoff brackets. That's going to be in the podcast next week. We got a lot of good things happening. Keep listening to our stuff, and uh, I'll catch you next time. Check out our polls on Twitter, too. Check out the polls on Twitter.